This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. This is the season for back to school. A lot of people are going back to school this week, next week, and uh, the top of September, of course. And so I want to focus a little bit on education. There have been a few stories in the news that I'm going to talk about on podcast this week. But I also want to share some interviews so that you can kind of get the framework, get your mind right. Um, up next is an interview I did with Dr. Keisha Porcher. Dr. Keisha Porcher is a PhD. She's an assistant professor of professional practice in the Department of Learning and Teaching at Rutgers University. She's actually at the graduate school. And we had a wonderful conversation about code switching, about the purpose of education, about how miseducation is prevalent in the system and how she's working to eradicate that. Up next is my interview with Dr. Keisha Porcher. And this podcast is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite by Oracle. Listen, if you have a business and you have one system for sales, another system for inventory, another system for HR, you're all over the place. And it usually will cost you a lot of time and money to have that many systems. Well, here you go. NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of business in an easy cloud platform. It is your one-stop shop for everything from sales to inventory to HR, anything you need, NetSuite by Oracle they have you covered. And right now, it's the number one, actually, cloud-based business system. And you can go to netsuite.com slash Karen, net, S-U-I-T-E, dot com, netsuite.com slash Karen. And you can get the free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, at netsuite.com slash Karen. Download the free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, netsuite.com slash Karen. Hope you enjoy. All right, so we've been having a conversation off mic which I love. I love the off mic conversations are the best. I had to turn off the Instagram live. Y'all don't need to be knowing all our conversations. And Laria and I have been talking about this because this is part of Laria's area on Wednesday as well. Like the education system. Do we send our children to schools with people that don't a understand them and B may not like them. Mm. And what's the impact of that? And how do we find schools? We were talking with Sinclair uh, Skinner this week about the Green Book and how to find schools and hospitals and restaurants all over the globe that cater to us. And so I said, let me bring an expert in. Miss Wright, she's a PhD, <laughs> assistant professor of professional practice and senior education consultant at Teachers Teaching Matters. And she's also at the great Rutgers U, where Smiths went school he's very happy you're here let me welcome dr keisha porcher hello everyone hey thank you so much miss hunter for this opportunity not the miss hunter not (laughs) no come on now okay no just playing go ahead you can do that just don't call me auntie because then we have issues i like auntie do you Mm -mm, yes don't do that okay we just be karen and dr porcher hell no thank you smith All right, so how did you, first of all, get into this? You, you you specialize in teaching people how to teach black children? Yes, that's what I do. So I can go way back. I've been a teacher ever since I was in the kindergarten. Please don't, well, my siblings will want me to tell this story. I've been teaching to my shoes since I was in the kindergarten. 
However, when my siblings would come home, I would try to teach to them too. And they would say, girl, we just got out of school. We do not want to hear from, from a you. five-year-old about anything. <laughs> yeah. But when I went to kindergarten, I was already reading and writing because I grew up in a house with a lot of cousins who were reading and writing. So I wanted to make sure that I could do what they were doing. Um, so I always knew that I wanted to be a teacher. So I've been on this trajectory for a very long time. I started my career in Prince George's County. Shout out to PG in the house. I know a lot of my students are probably listening turned up right now. Um, but I started my career there with some of the most prominent African Americans in the world, right? And that was very new for me because I grew up in the hood, right? I was the first person in my family to ever graduate from high school or to go to college. The first person to graduate from high school? Yeah. High school? One of seven children to graduate. The first to graduate from high school? Yes. That's amazing. But it's not because I was the smartest, but a lack of opportunities for black and brown students. So I knew early on that I wanted to go into education and to make sure that everyone who stood before me or were in my class would have an equitable opportunity to learn. Um, I went to a predominantly white school and I was bused to that school. And there was a black woman there that told me I was the valedictorian of my class. And I had no idea what that even meant. It was a teacher? It was a counselor. Her name is Deborah Sellers, and she's like my mom. And I was in her office one day, and she was like, do you want to go to college? And I was like, I think I want to go there. So she, that wasn't even discussed in your home. That no. wasn't an option. That was, I mean, high school was a, a deal. Like, that was non-negotiable with my grandmother, but college wasn't something that we discussed. I knew that I would go, but I didn't know how I would get there. Mm. Um, so she said, every single day, I want you in my office applying for colleges, applying for scholarships. And she was just like, this is not optional for you. Do you know what it means to be the valedictorian of someone's class? And I was like, I just like to read and do math. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I ended up um, graduating, number one, and that's a whole nother story. We'll talk about that on another time. Um, but I always knew I wanted to go to HBCU, so I went to Spelman College and double majored in English and secondary education. So I've been on this road for a long time. Um, Why'd you pick Spelman? Well, I didn't pick Spelman. My grandmother picked Spelman. So when she knew I was going to college, Hampton was my first choice. And my grandmother was like, it's an all-girls school. That's where you're going. I was like, what? There's an all-boys school across <laughs> right, the street. Right, right there. Yes. It's like I could see them. <laughs> we do classes together. But it was the best choice she ever made for me because it exposed me to looking at the black community in a different way. Right. Um, so it, it changed my life. It changed the way I, I think about education also. I mean, I had Martin Luther King's sister as my professor. So what's the chances of having that? Um, and it made me understand that there were other black people in the world that did not live in the community that I lived in. Mm. Um, so it changed my life. Um, I started to work with black students and then my career changed a little bit. I um, became a consultant in New York City Public Schools and coached in about Under who? Who was the teaching matters, then? teaching matters. Who okay. was the chancellor then? Am I getting that? Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Because I, I used to cover education when Rudy Crew, Rudy Crew. What the hell was his name? Rudy Crew. I think no, was, the so chancellor after, before the last one. I don't know. It was a woman. Okay. Yes, it was. Okay, a woman. yeah. No one liked her. All right, go ahead, move on. Don't 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 engage. Don't engage. I remember her. Um, um, so so you ended up in New York under uh, with Teachers Matter. With Teaching Matters. Teaching yes. Teaching Matters. Yes, and I coached in twenty six different schools throughout my time. What does that look like? You know, because you know, there's a. So I I grew up in a in an all black community. Okay. All of my teachers growing up were black, and I th mm. remember Mrs. Johnson to this day. She was the baddest teacher I've ever had, right? Mm. 
so grade school, you know, was not unusual. Her husband was a doctor. It wasn't unusual to see mm. really brilliant people. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, so then when I went to an all-white environment, it's like, eh, you might be good, <laughs> but maybe I'm not impressed. Exactly. Do you know what I didn't come in with this notion that you're better. Exactly. But to teach kids culturally is important, right? Absolutely. You know, so just because you're white doesn't mean you can't be a great teacher. I had a great Latin teacher who was a white nun. She was amazing, Sister Joan. But... For the most part, there is a cultural thing. When we talk about our kids being classified, we talk about our kids being suspended. Um, today, Elijah Coles Brown's um, podcast debu- doesn't debut. It's today on Thursday. He's 14, year old, 14 years old in Virginia. He talks about being singled out, mm-hmm. you know, and being bullied. But then, then the administration singles him out. He gets called to the office. He gets threatened with expulsion. And so you, you know our kids, and this is a kid that wouldn't harm a fly. You know he wouldn't harm a fly. Our kids are targeted in a way that no other kids are. So how do, how do you teach somebody how to teach us? Ooh. So today was my first day of class, naturally, and every single course that I teach, it doesn't matter if it's a methods course or a diversity course, we open up talking about self. I let them know that you cannot teach anyone unless you know who you are and the way you show up in your body. Um, so I tell them you're doing one or two teachers. Th- you're telling teachers this. Yes. Okay. You cannot teach if you don't know who you are. Um, and so I tell them you're doing one or two things when you open your mouth. You're helping a kid get to the next level or you're killing them. What you say. Right. Mm. Um, so we have to look at how we show up in our bodies. If you are white, you have to acknowledge that. If you have participation. Well, I don't see color. I don't see color. I told them Keisha. today when I walked in today, you saw my black face. You saw me, right? And so we cannot deny that. So we spend at least the first part of the semester just talking about who we are and how we show up in our bodies. And I tell them, our students don't want you to be a black person. They want you to be yourself, but you have to know who you are and the ways in which you might be negatively impacting students. So we talk about the policing of black and brown bodies. So even today we had a conversation about why is it not, why, why are we always telling students to sit down? If they're excited and they're moving their hands and they're jumping up and down, like culturally, that's what we do, right? And so I always say it's no, important. No, you're disruptive. You're disruptive. <laughs> no, I'm excited, right? right? I talk with my hands. I talk with my body. And so it's important for you to understand who you are. And if you know that, then you're like, okay, that's not my style, but I'm not going to police somebody else's language or somebody else's body, right? I tell them, like, why is it? And I literally take count when I'm observing my students in schools. Like, do you know how many times you told that black student to sit down? and you never said anything to the white student? It's back. Black Girls Rock kicks off this Sunday, September 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central on BET, and it could not come at a better time. Listen, it is more important now than ever to celebrate and affirm black women DJ Beverly Bond, activist, supermodel, she understood this long ago when she created Black Girls Rock. It's in a league of her own, and it's a powerful, beautiful television event that reminds the world of how phenomenal black women are. That's this Sunday, September 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central on Black Entertainment Television, BET. And this year's theme is Our Legacy is Now. The always fierce and now Emmy-nominated Niecy Nash is your host, Also, they're going to be celebrating Angela Bassett, Regina King, music superstar Sierra. Also, the activists known as the Mothers of the Movement will also be honored. 
And of course, Deborah Martin Chase, powerhouse producer, and there's always going to be great music. Her, Monica, Erica Badu, L. Varner, Common will all be performing at Black Girls Rock. It can't be missed this Sunday, September 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central on BET. And look for moments. Hit up your socials with the hashtag Black Girls Rock. And so we have to have those hard conversations. And they were like, well, he's always moving. I was like, I don't know any kindergartner that wants to stay still. Right. And so I'm helping them unpack those things that they might not Mm. pay attention to all the time. And I say, where did you get that from that he's disruptive? Right. And so I create a safe space for them to be able to have those critical conversations about their thoughts about black and brown kids, because they have to be able to have those conversations somewhere. We're talking with Dr. Keisha. She's at Rutgers uh, and she teaches people how to teach black and brown children. And it's important because as you're talking to me, I'm also thinking that because white people are isolated, Mm. maybe, you know, if you grew up in an environment, it's no fault of your own. But 75 percent of white people have no relationships Mm -hmm. with black and brown people, relationships. Mm -hmm. And so if that's your environment, you just think that's the norm. Mm -hmm. Maybe you never question it, Mm -hmm. but you want to be a teacher. And if you're in Teach for America, one of these programs, you get sent to some of the worst neighborhoods in the country where you're going to come face to face with black kids that you may not have ever seen except in a rap video or on television or in some horrible crime uh, TV show or what, you know what I'm saying? Because that's how we show up. So you may not be racist, but you're culturally biased. And how do you learn about? You? So I'm saying like it's it's not on purpose. You're not there to destroy a child's life. Mm-hmm. Just your being can do that absolutely and you're teaching them that which is important but what about the teachers that aren't taught this Keisha how do (laughs) how do we how do we get them to understand you know the damage that they can do to a child uh that makes a lot of sense so I'm that's why I went into teacher education specifically because once I was a consultant I was like oh my gosh this is the majority of the people that really think this way so I wanted to get to those students before they got into the classroom but the first activity we did today was like why is it hard to have a conversation about race and we had like five corners where they had two or five sections in the class and one of them was denial ignorance um Fatigue. I think I put tired next to it. Not tired, tired. but tired. Tired. Um, what was the other one that we had? I, I'm like fear, right? And so we had those conversations about why it's difficult to have those conversations about what we see. But I told them when you're having these conversations with teachers, pre-service and in-service, you have to understand that people are at different levels, right? So those people that are in denial, that might not be the space where you want to engage. But those people that are fatigued and want to have the conversation, you press into that particular space um this work is hard like it's hard like how much resistance do you get so much i'm a black woman like (laughs) who are you telling me how to teach black people who are you telling me how to teach i mean i've had people question like do you have a real phd um (laughs) did you get it online how old are you are you setting up for the person who has a doctorate I mean I've experienced it all but I've kind of become comfortable with like hey everybody by the way I'm Keisha and I'm black I'm here so, oh, can I, <laughs> I want to hug you you know why <laughs> 
This is Karen Hunter, and this podcast is brought to you by Fab Fit Fun. The 2019 Fab Fit Fun Fall Box is on sale now, so check it out. I love giving it as a gift. I even love giving it to myself. But what's wonderful about it, you have $200 worth of items, everything from hair care to skincare products, jewelry, clothing, all kinds of items. You just fill out a little questionnaire about the person you're sending it to or about yourself, and the Fab Fit Fun team will gather up the items, put it in the box, and surprise, the box is beautiful as well. So it is a wonderful item, if, especially if you love giving gifts as I do. So go to fabfitfun.com right now. Use the code this is Karen, and you get $10 off your first box. It retails for $49.99, but the value is always more than $200, and they have full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, lifestyle products, all in this seasonal subscription box at fabfitfun.com. This is Karen is the promo code for $10 off. I hope you enjoy fabfitfun.com. This is Karen Hunter, and you get $10 off your first box. Check it out. Because showing up as our authentic self may be um, disruptive. Mm. You got your hair, it's natural. Mm -hmm. Your vernacular is exactly how you want to talk. Yes! And it has nothing to do with your ability to be able to, um, you can split an infinitive and conjugate a verb. <laughs> yes, you got a sentence, diagram a sentence and split an infinitive in the same time, <laughs> damn it! Because we're versatile like that. Yes. And it doesn't take away from your intellect, but it's like we've been conditioned to, if you don't speak in dulcet tones with the proper way in which we, you know, I can't even do it anymore. I've been not doing it so long that I can no longer code switch. And I'm happy about that because mm -hmm. challenge me if you want to. Challenge Keisha if you want to. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get Verb hurt. I'm not, you know, verbally and mentally. And I think that how we've been conditioned to judge who's smart, you know, the, the worst kid in the class is the kid that I'm always looking at because that's a kid that's creative. Absolutely. That's a kid that has energy. And that energy means synapses are firing in his brain. Now, how do I channel, channel that? Not the kid that's quiet with the hands folded. Mm. It's the kid that's disruptive that's the one that's going to go and find the cure for something. But that kid gets sent to the office. All the time. That kid gets suspended. That kid gets labeled or gets Ritalin. Mm. And how much does that happen in our community? All the time. I had to tell my students today that I have to consciously ensure that I'm not comparing myself to whiteness every time I stand in front of you all. So my choice to use my grandmother's language, I'm purposeful about that. But at one point, I was that person that was like, oh, my gosh, I have the cold switch. I'm like, nope, you get what you get and you don't get mad. All right. Um, so that's the first thing. But the second thing is I don't even think that they are aware of what they're doing to our children. So it's important for someone to point it out. And I am because you can't possibly want to damage a child. No, you you can't. went into teaching. That's a good heart. That's a great heart. But I think it's OK to say this is not the population that I want to teach. Like I tell people all the time, we don't need saviors. If you believe in Jesus, he already died on the cross for us for that. Like, I need you to come in here and teach. And I need you to teach like your child is in the audience. I need you to teach like your brother is in the audience. And if at any time you're not doing that, I want you out. And I'm very strict about that. Because if this space isn't comfortable for you, go where you can thrive. How'd you get hired? <laughs> what I, because, you know, Keisha, people who sit in these seats, uh, the gatekeepers per se, they are they, they may not want a Keisha Porcher in 
in the building to actually change the dynamics here. So how did you, how did you get in? How'd you sneak in? You code switched and then you like, psych, you gotcha. (laughs) Actually, when I I did my interview, I started off because I'm very transparent. And one thing like me and my, me and Mo, we always joke about. Me and my we. Me and my Mo. Me and my Mo. (laughs) I like that. Um, We joke about getting free. So I have decided that in this season of my life, I'm showing up the way that I want to show up or this isn't the space for me. But I started my interview with a picture of me and my six siblings the day after we got out of foster care. Like, this is who we are. This is who I am. This is how I'm coming into this space. Um, And I remember the whole room like, I was like, yeah. And my grandmother had just gotten custody of us on this day. So this was the first time we had all been reunited. So this work for me is real. Like, this isn't playtime. Like, this isn't I like to teach because I like to draw. But somebody's life is in my hands. And I have the power to change the, tra- the trajectory of their lives. And the whole room was like, oh, gosh. And then I showed them a picture of the neighborhood that I grew up with, grew up in. And you can see, like, the caution tape around the neighborhood. And I was like, what people see here is uneducated people or people who live in a low socioeconomic neighborhood. But what you don't see is my grandmother who fed everybody on my street or who would take our food stamps and make sure everybody had food in their house. Like, my grandmother was the plug. And they were like... I was like, so those are the things that we need to know about the communities in which we work in because they are assets, not deficits. All right. I need you to come back. Our time is nigh. It's going away. Why? Why? Do do you interact on social media? Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Porcher, D-R-P-O-R-C-H-E-R, at, at her. Is that Instagram? On Twitter. On, on Twitter. Twitter, yes. At D R. Porcher, P-O-R-C-H-E-R, at her. Can you come back? Absolutely. All right, let's keep talking about this. I think it's important. And next time you come back, I want you to give a blueprint for how to teach us. Yes, I yeah, will. This is good. This is good. You're you're awesome. Thanks. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you for listening to my interview with Dr. Keisha Porcher. And that podcast was brought to you by NetSuite, NetSuite by Oracle. A lot of you have a business and your business is all over the place because you have a system for inventory, a system for finance, a system for HR. If you have this hodgepodge of business systems, it's usually taking up too much time and too many resources, and that will hurt your bottom line. Introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you visibility and control that you need to grow. NetSuite actually is the number one cloud business system, and right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at NetSuite.com slash Karen. That's NetSuite S-U-I-T-E dot com slash Karen. Download your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com slash Karen. Till next time.